Welcome in, everyone, and I have a special treat for you. It's our weekly main show with just me, pre-recorded with a 10-page show sheet of information. Doesn't that sound great? We're going to talk about everything from week 15, focus on a dynasty angle, and I have a lot of news, a lot of takeaways, so much to bring you guys. But we're in it for the long haul, so I'm going to try to keep the pacing relatively uh, medium here. And of course, if you like the video, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you can be notified about future content. And with that said, let's jump into our first piece of news. <laughs> Wish I had a sound drop there. Uh, but after Thursday's debacle... <laughs> Haven't covered this really. Uh, the Chargers fired general manager Tom Telesco and head coach Brandon Staley. <laughs> There's not much to say about this except it's about time. <laughs> I said that Brandon Staley should be fired last year. I, I think we can see that I was right. Tom Telesco has been a total failure outside of drafting Justin Herbert. It's the only good thing he really managed to do. So it's about time. Hopefully they bring in a new coach who can get the most out of this offense. They got a lot of cap decisions to make. They're way over the cap and have to cut some players. So I'm just happy to see this. And uh, yeah, it's mostly what I got to say there. Next one. Sucks to hear this, but Jamar Chase suffered an AC joint sprain. They're saying, oh, it might not be that serious. I don't think he's going to play the next two weeks. So for our purposes, I think he's going to miss the rest of the fantasy season. What that means is that T. Higgins is going to be a borderline wide receiver one for the next two weeks. I haven't wide receiver 14 this week. In Dynasty, though, key opportunity. We know that Jamar Chase is one of the best wide receivers in the league, only 23 years old. If a contender has Chase, he, wasn't, he had 11-something points. You could have advanced with Chase. There's a buying opportunity. So, you know, make sure to look into that. Next one, Trevor Lawrence suffered a concussion at the end of the game. We know that the majority of the time when someone is putting concussion protocol, they miss the next week. I'm leaning that he misses week 16. We're going to have to see. It's a critical game for the Jaguars. But he has a concussion, so he might miss the game. Uh, so if he does, CJ better it'll start, and that'll be bad. Next one, Will Levis, sprained ankle. Uh, it looked a lot worse than it really is. Apparently, it's a high ankle sprain. Nothing out of the ordinary in severity. It looked horrible. But then he was able to walk off. But the Titans are eliminated. I think they've seen enough from Will Levis that he's going to be their 2024 starter. Right? Quarterback play in the NFL is so bad. This is someone who has shown in his rookie year that he has the potential to play occasionally, not always, but occasionally at a high level in the NFL. He should be their 2024 starter. Ryan Tannehill's a free agent. Malik Willis is not it. I think he's going to be their guy for next year. Not forever, but for next year. I don't see why you risk his health in three meaningless games if he is not healthy. So a high ankle sprain takes three weeks to heal. There are three weeks left. I think you will be without Will Levis for the rest of the season. So plan accordingly. Ryan Tannehill. We know that he runs a little. He's fantasy viable when he plays. So, you know, he's someone who might be a target on the cheap in Superflex Dynasty if you can still trade in your playoffs. Uh, but Will Levis, I, I don't expect to play the rest of the year. 
Now, I talked about this one on five takeaways yesterday. Make sure to watch that. It's doing really well in the algorithm. Really, really well. And I appreciate everyone who watched it. Or, you know, who will watch it. But this one. Keen Mitchell's knee injury is a season-ending ACL tear. And giving the timing, it sucks. It just sucks. That's really all I have to say. Uh, in terms of start-sit, which I talked about, that I didn't talk about yesterday, but I'll talk about now. Uh, the Ravens play against San Francisco. So even with... Uh, you know, Mitchell out. I only have Gus Edwards. It's like RB32. I'm, I'm not super interested. And Justice Hill is way off my radar. The Steelers benched Mitch Trubisky for Mason Rudolph. How bad must Mitch Trubisky have been uh, if they benched him for Mason Rudolph? Essentially, what that means is it makes it hard to play any Steelers this week, um, you know, with Mason Rudolph at, as the starter. I have Deontay Johnson at wide receiver 34. George Pickens at 46. It, it's hard to play them. Mason Rudolph, I have dead last below Trevor Simeon uh, in my quarterback rankings. So, yeah, it sucks. Kenny Pickett's probably going to be their guy next year, like it or not, unfortunately. They're not going to have access to a better option. So, we'll have to see. Zay Jones, hamstring injury. Kind of went under the radar. I haven't heard people talking about it. He also has a court appearance this week for domestic violence uh, issue. I think that was yesterday. I'm not 100% sure. But either way, I think with all that going on, I, I don't see Zay Jones being able to play this week. So that means that, and if there's no Trevor Lawrence, uh, Parker Washington will get some more snaps, but I'm not going to be playing him. Could be a big day for Evan Ingram, uh, who has been stepping up in the absence of Christian Kirk. And now possibly Zay Jones. Scott Moore placed on injured reserve. It's not like he was doing anything when he was there. Uh, so I think Scott Moore is finished. I think we've seen the Chiefs. Rasheed Rice is their guy. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I don't know. <laughs> um, but they're going to need to add two wide receivers. I hope Travis Kelsey returns for next year because honestly, they need him. But if he doesn't, they have Noah Gray to fill that spot. But they're going to need to add two wide receivers because Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, these other guys, you, you cannot have an offense with these players, Justin Watson, playing significant snaps. It just won't work. It won't work. And actually, I kind of missed this this morning. It kind of went under my radar. But the Falcons will start Taylor Heineke in week 16. Uh, for me, I think it's just very clear that the Falcons 2024 starter is not Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke. I think that they are... Top of the list for an outside acquisition. Be that, I think first choice for them would be Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields can run the offense, whether it's Arthur Smith or not, can run, especially if it's Arthur Smith, can run the offense that Arthur Smith wants the best. If Arthur Smith is gone and they bring in someone else, maybe Kirk Cousins would be on their list. They're not going back to these guys. Taylor Heineke, I think, gives them a better chance to win than Desmond Ritter, I guess. And with Taylor Heineke in, I'm slightly more interested in Drake London. Kyle Pitts is completely off my radar. And Bijan Robinson, ugh, that really has nothing to do with who's starting at quarterback. I have concerns about him no matter who's starting. But I think it's a slight upgrade for Drake London, specifically. So... I do appreciate everyone for listening to those uh, intro, little intro segments, the news, um, injuries, all that. 
if you like the channel, you can always leave a super sticker, subscribe to channel membership. But the best way to support me is the Patreon. There's a link in the top right corner of the video, which I never seem to be able to point to. In the description of the show, patreon.com slash fantasy advice. It's the best way to support my content. It allows you to ask advanced questions for the YouTube channel. Only patrons get to do that. Uh, so I appreciate everyone who has signed up on there. You get all my rankings and access to the Patreon Discord as well. Additionally, uh, I always appreciate everyone for supporting my solo content on here. I've made a lot of great videos. Like I said, the five takeaways, people have been very supportive of that. The Dynasty videos, over 800 views on the last three Dynasty Stash videos, all three doing really well. So you can go back and watch those. They're still you know, mostly evergreen. They're still relevant. So check those out. Leave a like and a comment on all of that. And of course, um, you know, I have the Venmo on my Twitter, uh, Tyler the Great. Um, you can always just donate if you want to make a donation. And I, you know, a lot of people say, they say that they want to have more of a personal interaction with me. And I don't really offer a way to do that. The Patreon, you get the Discord, but you don't really get personalized anything from me in, other than in messages. So. I've decided that I'm going to make a cameo, a cameo where you can buy video messages from me. So, uh, you know, I'm probably going to start that project in the off season, but look for that. It's going to be something where, you know, I haven't decided really. It's just something I thought of last night. Uh, Ed actually mentioned it in a YouTube uh, comment about something, hearing more from me. So I am going to do that. I think it was a great idea. And then I decided that cameo was the best way to do that. Um, I just need to find a way to do it in a one-off way. Uh, and this is the best way for me to do that. So we'll see. We'll have to see. But uh, look for that over the next couple of weeks. I'm kind of excited. Always excited to do something new. I feel like if you just do the same things over and over again, it gets stale. So with that said, uh, what I'm going to do for the rest of the show is jump into each game one at a time. I have some takeaways. You know, we'll talk a little bit of Dynasty. Uh, if you're watching this on Premiere while it's live premiering, make sure to leave questions in the chat. Uh, I'll try to answer them. I'll be here when it's premiering in the chat to help answer those questions. Uh, and there can also be discussion in the chat, all of that. You can ask me where I have guys ranked in Dynasty, whatever you want. So with that said, let's jump into the first game we're going to talk about. The Chargers versus the Raiders. So I know this game was a long time ago at this point, but uh, let's see. Mm. Caffeine problem. That much, that much I think the people know. Like eight cups of coffee a day, it's still not enough. Um, so Easton Stick was not that horrible. Uh, 23 of 32 for 257, three touchdowns, an interception, lost two fumbles. He's going to be the starter for the rest of the year, uh, but whatever. Austin Eckler only had nine touches, and I think he's finished in Dynasty. He's a sell low for me. Uh, if you could get, I mean, you still can't, you can't get any first for Austin Eckler, but maybe a 24 second and a 25 second, I think that's the most you can hope for. To me, he's done. He's not coming back. And Isaiah Spiller, 16 carries for 50 yards. Um, led the backfield in touches. I don't know what that means, but 
someone to keep on the back of your dynasty rosters. The Chargers receiving game was uh, embarrassing. Quentin Johnson had a late touchdown, but he only had three targets, 92% of snaps, really didn't do anything. Joshua Palmer was four catches, 113 yards and touchdown on four targets. I actually kind of like him. He's still a young player. He's shown that he can play in the NFL. So I'm not saying to go buy him or anything, but he's one of those players I don't mind having in the middle of my dynasty roster because I know if other guys get hurt, he can step up and I can use him as a spot start. And then Gerald Everett has kind of come on a little bit lately. Uh, five catches, 41 yards on eight targets. Probably getting another job like this next year. Maybe staying here, maybe somewhere else. Uh, but there's not really much to say about the Chargers. I don't really care what the offense looks like without Justin Herbert. As for the Raiders, uh, Aiden O'Connell suddenly looked like a pro bowler. 20 of 34 for 248 and four touchdowns. So for him, I don't think there's any chance he's going to be the Raiders 2024 starter. I still think that that's going to be uh, someone from the outside, be it a, a first-round pick like Jaden Daniels. It could be someone like Justin Fields or Kirk Cousins, who we talked about earlier. I just can't imagine that they're going to go forward with um, Aiden O'Connell as their starter. But the rushing game moved exceptionally well for the Raiders. Uh, Zamir White showed a lot, 17 for 69 and a touchdown and three catches for 16 yards through the air. He served as the clear workhorse. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be back this week, but it's nice to see Zamir White getting some work because if Josh Jacobs leaves in free agency, then Zamir White will have a value rise opportunity and it would be a good time to sell because he has no burst after those injuries in college. I just think that, you know, He's someone where the opportunity would be there and then you could sell him. I'm not a big fan of his talent. And then uh, the receivers for the Raiders. Devontae Adams is probably going to look good on another team. Eight for 101 and one on uh, two target, uh, 12 targets. He'll probably look good for another team in 2024. Uh, Trey Tucker, I like his future potential. He had two touchdowns. And then uh, Michael Meyer, same thing. Uh, four catches, 39 yards, and a touchdown on five targets. I also like his future potential. I think he's gone under the radar with the success of the other rookie tight ends. And then don't be fooled by Jacoby Myers. He had a passing touchdown and a receiving touchdown on four targets. I, I don't see anything there with him. I think he's kind of fading away. And Michael Meyer, I think, is just as involved and is kind of, as long as Devontae Adams is there, you're not going to be able to trust any of the other receiving weapons, especially since Meyer and Myers, and that's going to be confusing, are splitting work. Now, let's move into the Vikings versus the Bengals. So, Nick Mullins was fine. For Dynasty, we don't really care about him. Uh, if you need a spot start next week, you can. But I think the big thing from the Vikings side of the ball was Ty Chandler. 23 carries. 132 yards in touchdown, three catches for 25 yards, 81% of snaps. He dominated the backfield, looked better than Alexander Madison has all season. Now, it's important to note, Ty Chandler turns 26 in May. He is not a young player, even though he just came onto the radar. This is someone that's an easy sell. If you can get any second for Ty Chandler, I'll take it. I just don't. I don't believe in him at all. Alexander Madison, to me, is dead as well. Just kind of a roster clogger at this stage. So, Ty Chandler, any second, I'll sell him. Uh, as for the Vikings receiving options, they all got there. Addison had six catches for 111 yards, two touchdowns, six targets. 
Justin Jefferson, seven catches for 84 yards and 10 targets. TJ Hawkinson, six for 63 on seven targets. They all got there. So I think I'm just hoping they have a good quarterback next year. I'm hoping it's someone. Kirk Cousins coming back is the best case scenario, but I'm hoping it's someone decent. As for the Bengals, we talked about Chase leaving with the injury. Jake Browning is playing his way into at least a solid backup contract. Uh, 29 for 42 for 342 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. He uh, he looked good. He looked good. I'm not going to lie. And then as for the running game, I think this is the most interesting thing to talk about. Joe Mixon, 10 for 47 and a touchdown and three catches for 14 yards, 70% of snaps. Chase Brown, seven carries for 23 yards and three catches for 28, 19% of snaps. Again, Chase Brown, I think, is someone when Joe Mixon leaves is going to have a value spike. I don't see that he's going to really hold down a starting job, but I, I do like him as a player. I like him as a talent. So someone who's good to have on the back of your dynasty rosters. You always want to have these running backs on the back of them. And then once they become worth like a second round pick or more, that's when you sell. That's the, you got to get it that second and you accumulate those seconds to get like higher pedigree players. And then as for the Bengals receiving options, uh, with Chase leaving injured, T. Higgins had that like rollover catch. <laughs> One of the best uh, touchdowns I've seen in my lifetime. But it was still only four catches, 61 yards, and two touchdowns and eight targets. I think with Chase out, he's going to be even better. Like I said, I've been wide receiver 14 this week, and I'm all in on him. This week, Tyler Boyd seems to be falling off the radar. And then uh, Tanner Hudson had five catches for 49 yards on five targets. But don't be fooled. He only had 36% of snaps. Four tight ends play for the Bengals. Cannot trust Tanner Hudson, even though he is the lead tight end, I guess, in this mess. Next game, Steelers versus Colts. Uh, the Steelers, the offense is completely broken. Wasn't just Matt Canada. Mitch Trubisky, like I said, bench for Mason Rudolph. The entire rushing game was horrible. Najee Harris was particularly bad. Uh, 12 for 33 on the ground. Um, he was punished for his lost fumble. No receiving production. Jalen Warren was a little bit better. 10 carries for 40 yards and five catches for 28 yards. 69% snap share. I believe that's one of his highest snap shares ever. Uh, the receiving, so, yeah, it was it was bad. In Dynasty, I preferred Jalen Warren over Najee Harris, although they are still close to me. The receiving game for the Steelers was pretty anemic. Uh, George Pickens had a temper tantrum. Deontay Johnson was better. Four catches for 62 yards and a touchdown on six targets. Pickens had seven targets, only had three catches for 47 yards. George Pickens, I don't know. I mean, I, I, someone's not going to be there, like, I don't know who's more angry, Deontay Johnson's or George Pickens. They both seem to not be happy here. I honestly don't know anymore. And Pat Fryermuth is being wasted. Three catches for 16 yards on four targets. I don't know if he's ever going to get back to that production he had with Ben Roethlisberger in his rookie year. And then as for the Colts, uh, I mean, the two players you really wanted to play left early. Michael Pittman with a concussion on that brutal hit. Zach Moss with an arm injury. The big takeaway is that this offense would look amazing with Anthony Richardson and Shane Steichen as an offensive genius. Gardner Minshew was 18 of 28 for 215 yards and three touchdowns. He might be bridge starting job next year. I don't know where exactly that would be, but I wouldn't be surprised if Gardner Minshew gives you five, six starts next year. So he's keeping his Superflex dynasty value alive. And then I think, uh, you know, both Tyler Goodson and Trey Sermon split touches after Zach Moss went down. But given reports that I've heard about the Colts, 
I actually expect both Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss to play this week. Jonathan Taylor, I'm fairly confident. Zach Moss, I'd lean that he plays, which means that Tyler Goodson and Trey Sermon are relevant. As for the receiving offense, uh, Michael Pittman went out and it just wasn't the same. Now, I am a little concerned about Josh Downs. Even though Michael Pittman was out, Josh Downs still only had three catches for 19 yards on 58% snaps. The usage was not there. I'm a little worried that Josh Downs, especially once Anthony Richardson comes back and runs more, that Josh Downs is just not going to be able to ever be consistent in this offense. I'm not going to drop him too far in Dynasty because he's a talented player. And I want to keep talented players on my roster. But it's telling that Alec Pierce is running 97% of snaps and that DJ Montgomery just came in. And they didn't adjust the game plan to give Josh Downs more snaps. They just played DJ Montgomery in Michael Pittman's role. So, yeah, I didn't like that. Montgomery scored a touchdown, had more yards than Downs. I don't know. And as for the Colts' tight ends, they missed Jelani Woods. Because Will Mallory, Drew Ogletree, Mo Alley-Cox, and Kylan Granson all get work. <laughs> and that means you can start none of them ever. Move into the last Saturday game. Broncos versus Lions. Russell Wilson, he was bad, but I think it's pretty clear that he's been better overall this year. He's been better overall and that he is going to keep his job. They're not replacing Russell Wilson. He's going to keep his job, and he's going to be the Broncos' 2024 starter. He's still their franchise quarterback for now. As for the backfield, I'm concerned. Javante Williams. 12 carries for 27 yards, two receptions for negative seven yards, 48% snap share. Samaj P. Ryan, six carries for 37 yards, one catch for 11, 39% of snaps. Jalil McLaughlin had a few touches. Javante Williams has lost his grip on this backfield. He is no longer in my list of high-end dynasty running back assets. That list includes, yes, it still includes Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Devon A-Chain, Travis Etienne. And, you know, after that, you get to, you know, it start, I have to think about it. Is Kenneth Walker on that list? Maybe. But Zach Charbonnet still looms, you know, Saquon Barkley, Kyron Williams, Rashad White. But, you know, Devontae Williams is not anywhere near that top group. He's in that group of running backs, that middling running back group that I just do not invest in, do not want, and I will not have any more Javante Williams because I would prefer the wide receivers in this range. Like, if I could trade Javante Williams for, I don't know, Tard, I mean, it's hard to trade him because there's not a lot of players in that range, but... I mean, the days of trading Javante Williams for Rasheed Rice are over. But if I can trade him for Tank Dell, I still would. The injured Tank Dell. I don't know. I'm just not that interested in Javante Williams. And I'm worried that they're going to bring in a running back to replace him. Because he's on the last year of his deal in 2024. I just, yeah, kind of moving on from Javante Williams. And the receiving game, <laughs> Marvin Mims, 42% of snaps. No, no stats. I just think it's not going to happen. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why, what the problem is, but I just don't see it. So I think Jerry Judy is going to be on a different team next year. 
Clearly, Russell Wilson prefers Cortland Sutton. Marvin Mims, they drafted. They're going to give him another chance. I think they're going to bring in some other guy to play that Jerry Judy role. But it's Jerry Judy, I think. Other teams would value. I think there are still teams that would pay a second, maybe a a third round pick for Jerry Judy. And, you know, the Broncos clearly don't even value him. And next year, they have to pay him a higher salary on the fifth year option. So I think he'll be gone. As for the Lions, Jared Goff, he had one of his best games. 24 for 34, 278 yards, five touchdowns. Running game delivered. Snaps were split almost evenly. But Jameer Gibbs was the better player. Uh, more receiving usage. Routes run, although Montgomery edged him out in snaps, 52% to 48%. But Jameer Gibbs, I mean, he's challenging for Dynasty RB1. If David Montgomery didn't exist, I think Jameer Gibbs would be the Dynasty RB1. That's the only thing holding him back. And then the Lions receiving option, Sam Laporta, five catches, 56 yards, three touchdowns. He's easily the dynasty tight end one and has been for a long time. Uh, but now it's not even close. And then Amon Ross St. Brown, seven catches for 112 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. He's, you know, a top five dynasty wide receiver. Now, Jameson Williams, that four catches for 47 yards on seven targets is a cause for, and 68% snap share, is a cause for celebration is genuinely terrifying. It's his best game of his career, target-wise and reception-wise. So that's the best game of his career. He is, and there are still people, delusional people, who say that Jamison Williams is going to be a star player in the NFL. No. No, No, if he was going to be a star player, it wouldn't have taken him until almost the end of year two to have a game with four catches. He's not going to be a star player. He might be okay. But he's not going to be a star player. That is not going to happen. Ignore the delusional people on Twitter who can't let go of their take lock. He, it is what it is. He's stuck here. He got stuck on a team with a top five dynasty wide receiver and the dynasty tight end one who came in and immediately usurped him and never is going to let that role go. So sucks for him. But Jameson Williams is nothing more than a deep threat. You know, an ancillary piece, and he's just not it. Not to say that he's a bad player, but we're not talking about a top 30 dynasty wide receiver. He's not even in that range. So, yeah, sell him to the delusional truther in your league. There's, I, I posted a thread about Jameson Williams on Twitter. I was raked over the coals. These people are so delusional. You know, it's it's like they prefer like watching someone run fast over scoring fantasy points. I don't, I would prefer to score fantasy points personally. Jets versus the Dolphins. I'll ignore the Jets. Nothing to talk about. They're not worth my time. Zach Wilson left the game. Trevor Simeon replaced him. I don't care how the Jets did. They all sucked. They're, they're a waste of my time. I'm looking forward to Aaron Rodgers playing next season, but nothing to talk about with this iteration of the Jets. As for the Dolphins, uh, Tua was good. Don't downgrade him because the fantasy points weren't there. Raheem Mostert has had a ridiculous number of rushing touchdowns. The regression has not gone Tua's way, but he was 21 of 24 for 224 yards and a touchdown. He was good. The Jets offered no resistance. What was Tua going to do? There was not going to be a lot more passing output. He played well. Don't downgrade him because the fantasy points weren't there. In Dynasty, it's the regression is going to turn around. You saw that this year with the Jaguars, with Travis Etienne's rushing touchdowns being turned off. The regression will turn around for Tua. I'm not worried about someone who's playing this well, especially executing well in a game without Tyreek Hill. 
As for the backfield, Raheem Mostert still leads the backfield. Uh, 54% of snaps, 15 carries, two touchdowns. Devon Achin was fine, but he only had 39% of snaps, nine carries, and three receptions. It, it sucks, you know? It sucks, but I, I think there are better days ahead for Devon Achin. As for Jalen Waddell, he stepped up without Tyreek Hill. Eight catches for 142 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. Rest of the receiving game didn't exist. It's a shame because I do think Jalen Waddle could be a fantasy wide receiver one on a different team, but it's not happening right now. So we'll have to see what happens, but uh, this just shows why Jalen Waddle is still valued very highly in Dynasty. It only took one game with Tyreek Hill being out for him to just start crushing everything. Now, let's jump into the next one. Giants versus Saints. I think it's time to admit that the Tommy DeVito experiment Maybe coming to an end. 20 for 34 for 177 yards passing. Took seven sacks. Meh. You know, it is what it is. He's probably just the Giants backup next year. To Daniel Jones. Now, Saquon Barkley. Nine carries for 14 yards. Two for 23 receiving. I, if you told me that the Giants would not be having Saquon Barkley back, I wouldn't be surprised. I just think they want to move on. I think it's time to kind of reset. I really hope they don't just put another franchise tag on him. That would kind of suck. But either way, Saquon Barkley's kind of fading out. He's not in my dynasty high-end asset range either. You know, he's not included in those seven running backs. He's definitely not one of those. So he's he's moved out of that range as well. And then as for their receiving options, hmm. I think it's pretty clear that Wandale Robinson has passed Jalen Hyatt. Hyatt had nothing on three targets. Wando Robinson caught all four of his targets for 25 yards. He outsnapped Hyatt. If you want a young Giants wide receiver to target, it is Wando Robinson, not Jalen Hyatt. As for Darren Waller, he had six targets, four for 40, on only 42% of snaps. I do think if Darren Waller is ever healthy, Darren Waller can do fine. But the Giants can get out of Darren Waller's contract with no dead cap, and I think they will. So I don't know if he's going to be back here. That probably will help him if he goes somewhere else. As for the Saints, Derek Carr was pretty good. I mean, 23 for 28 for 218 yards, three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara was great, but the receiving game, no one had more than 38 yards or three receptions. It was a total mess. Jimmy Graham vultured a touchdown. The whole thing is a disaster. They need Chris Olave back badly. Their offense just is not that exciting without Chris Olave. He's what makes the offense go. Now, let's move into the Bears and Browns. Justin Fields, a lot of people are giving him what-if points. Oh, what if this, what if that? You could do that for any quarterback. At the end of the day, he didn't put up the numbers. And the ball, sometimes things in the NFL are decided by the ball bouncing the wrong way. And for whatever reason, the ball didn't bounce his way. And I think... This loss is the loss that probably means that if the Panthers pick ends up number one, which belongs to the Bears, the Bears will take Caleb Williams and they will move on from Justin Fields. If somehow the Panthers keep winning, I think the Bears will stick with Justin Fields. I think it's only Caleb Williams, not even Drake May. Only Caleb Williams is enough of a floor and a ceiling raiser over Justin Fields that they would make the move. So I think the pick has to be number one. So you have to keep an eye on that. The Panthers could, they already won one game. Who knows if they win some more. 
But if the Panthers pick is number one, the Bears are going to take Caleb Williams. As for the Bears running backs, Roshan Johnson was the lead. I don't know what to do next week. Um, Johnson played 49% of snaps after being totally benched the last week. He had nine touches, but four receptions. Uh, Khalil Herbert and Deonta Foreman had six carries each. You can't trust any of them, even against Arizona. It sucks in your fantasy playoffs. If I had to play one, I would probably play Roshan Johnson. But that's just because that's what happened this week. The Bears' 2024 starting running back is not currently on this team, and it's not one of these three players. Deonta Foreman's not going to be back. Khalil Herbert sucks. And Roshan Johnson is fine, but I, I think their starter is not currently on the roster. As for the receivers, Darnell Mooney, oh boy. Two for 14 on eight targets, terrible. He needs a new team, but he's overrated anyway. And we'll have to see what happens. There's going to be a lot of changes to this team. But DJ Moore and Cole Komet are, are assets and they're not going away. But we'll have to see who they add, who the quarterback is, and all that. Moore might be a little bit of a buy. If you think they're going to get Caleb Williams, Moore is probably a buy. If you think that they're going to take Marvin Harrison Jr., then Moore is a sell. So you kind of have to decide what side of that you land on in Dynasty. As for the Browns, Joe Flacco is a volume machine. 44 passing attempts, 374 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. If the Jets had signed Joe Flacco, they would be in the playoff race now. Um, I don't know. It's crazy how some of the best quarterbacks are just sitting on the couch. Versus guys like Trevor Simeon and Tim Boyle. Uh, the Browns, though, the running backs did nothing. Jerome Ford is the lead back, but I don't know. He's someone who I'm kind of like meh on. If Pierre Strong is getting 17% of snaps, it eats into being able to start either Jerome Ford or Kareem Hunt. But Ford is the clear leader. As for the receivers, Amari Cooper had eight targets, 109 yards and a touchdown, 94% of snaps. But David Njoku... 10 catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown on 14 targets. He is a top five tight end this week, and he's a league winner. And I'm, I'm very happy that he's finally broken out uh, in season seven. I honestly didn't expect it. As for the other two receivers, I think we're getting to the point where Cedric Tillman is the man over Elijah Moore. Tillman, eight targets, four for 52. Uh, Moore, two for 17 on three targets. I think they're transitioning to Cedric Tillman as their two over Elijah Moore, at least in terms of the game plan. Finally, Tillman actually did something. He almost scored to him. Buccaneers versus Packers. I think the main storylines here are on the Buccaneers side of the ball. Baker Mayfield balled out. 22 of 28, 381 yards, four touchdowns. He is going to be a starting quarterback week one next year. It's probably here. It's probably for the Buccaneers, but he has earned a starting job for 2024. He has done enough. He is one of the 30 best quarterbacks on planet Earth and probably even better than that. He's probably one of the best 25 real-life quarterbacks. For fantasy, it's up in the air because he doesn't run, but he is an NFL starter. Not a great one, not a franchise quarterback, but an NFL starter, and he will be a starter next year. So you got to evaluate him accordingly. As for Rashad White, he dominated the backfield. He's not going anywhere as the starting running back. But caution with Rashad White. He hasn't been super effective. It's just been the volume. So he's not going to be an RB1 next year. So they're going to bring in someone to take some more work. But he is going to still be valuable. But I do not have him in that hyper-valuable tier 
of guys like Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne. He's not there. He's in the next step down. So again, probably someone I'm not going to have a lot of. I'm, he's going to be way too high in startups this offseason. And then the other uh, main storyline was Chris Godwin. 10 for 155 on 12 targets. Coming back alive. Coming back alive. I, I think that he uh, he was a buy. You, you bought him over that period of time where he was struggling. And I think that he's someone who, at this point, you probably just take the rest of his career if you have him. You're never going to be able to get a first for Chris Godwin again, I don't think. So I think you just have to take the rest of his career and uh, enjoy it because you're going to have weeks like this. As for the Packers, Jordan Love, not to blame. Not to blame for this loss. He played well. 29 of 39 for 284 yards, two touchdowns. Played well. Good player. He's going to be the 2024 starter for sure. Uh, running backs, mm, uh, Aaron Jones was fine. I think that they might be doing a recycling of the entire running back room. It would, wouldn't surprise me if Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon were both gone and they had a completely new running back room next year. As for the receivers, Tucker Craft, 95% of snaps, 4 for 57 and 1 on six targets. It's a real challenge to Luke Musgrave. We know that tight ends are tough. You're not going to have two fantasy-relevant tight ends on one team, certainly not on this team. So one of them is going to win that battle and one of them is going to lose. It depends on what their prices are. I would bet on Luke Musgrave. He's the better player. But if Luke Musgrave is eight rounds more expensive, then I'd rather have Tucker Craft. If they're very close, then Luke Musgrave becomes a buy. Tucker Craft becomes a sell. We'll have to see where they're evaluated. As for the other receivers, Jaden Reed left with a toe injury, but he had six for 52 and one on eight targets on just 42% of snaps. Jaden Reed is their wide receiver one. Dontavian Wicks had six catches for 97 yards on seven targets. And then Romeo Dubs was just three for 30 on three targets. I think that they miss Christian Watson. I think in their ideal world, Jaden Reed is actually their wide receiver one. Then Christian Watson. And then Romeo Dubs and Dontavian Wicks are playing like those behind roles. But I think he could find anyone to play those roles. It's Christian Watson and Jaden Reed who have special roles that you can't just replace with someone else. So I think those are their top two wide receivers. They're the ones they're scripting plays for. So, yeah, those are, uh, if Dontavian Wicks is someone, you can get like a third for him, I would just move on. I'm not, I'm not seeing it as a long-term asset. Let's move into the uh, Texans and the Titans. Texans offense, not much to talk about. Uh, with Case Keenum, you know, no Tank Dell, no Nico Collins. I think it's very clear that, you know, we don't really care too much about, about passing offense. Um, the only thing is that Noah Brown, 8 for 82 on, on 11 targets and a touchdown. Uh, he's the wide receiver to start if everyone remains out. The other thing is, if you're looking in the stash range, Xavier Hutchinson played 84% of snaps and John Mechie just 10% of snaps. Hutchinson has passed Mechie on the death chart. So if you're looking for a deep stash on this roster, it's Xavier Hutchinson, not John Mechie. As for the backfield, Damian Pierce had 5% of snaps and Devin Singletary had 75% of snaps. Singletary had 26 carries and four catches. So Singletary is the starter. I think he might be a starting running back next year, potentially here. That would be the best thing is if he just resigns here. And Damian Pierce is totally finished. As for the tight ends, Will Levis suffered a devastating leg injury. And over time, it, I don't know how devastating, but it, you know, he wouldn't have come back into the game. But since the Texans won, we never saw Ryan Tannehill. 
main storyline, a couple, Derrick Henry, he somehow managed 10 yards on 20 touches. I don't know how that's possible. He's done in Tennessee. Tajay Spears was better. I think Tajay Spears, I talked about this on five takeaways. I don't know if he's a buy. It depends on what he costs, but I, I do like his talent. So if you're holding on to him, I think it's going to pay off. The other thing, though, Traylon Burks showed a little bit of life. 76% snap share, three catches, 62 yards on three targets. I'm not saying he's going to be what I thought he was, but he's someone who maybe there's some hope for him, but I'm not valuing him too highly. He just hasn't ever really put it together. Uh, let's move into our, our next game, Chiefs versus Patriots. Patrick Mahomes played well. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire led the backfield, 13 carries for 37, but four for 64 and one through the air, including that beautiful catch. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has earned a role somewhere next year. He's a free agent. It's not going to be here, but a role on some team. Maybe in Dynasty, he has some value when he didn't before. Uh, Jarek McKinnon had a passing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Isaiah Pacheco is going to come back this week, though, and dominate. I think he'll just slide right back into his role. I haven't seen anything from Edwards, Lair, or McKinnon that impressed me. As for the Chiefs wide receivers, Rasheed Rice, we're finally here. Nine catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets, 92% of snaps. He is the wide receiver one, including Travis Kelsey. He is their number one weapon. And for this week, for playoffs, week 16, I have Rasheed Rice. Ranked and starts at his wide receiver nine. Uh, he is finally in the wide receiver one range. Travis Kelsey was only five for 28 on seven targets, dropped that touchdown. He's lost his place as uh, tight end one in my weekly rankings. I have him at tight end four and start sit. He hadn't done anything over the last eight weeks. He's like outside the top five tight ends. Noah Gray is an interesting dynasty stash. 51% of snaps, two for 37 on two targets. But other than Rice, Kelsey, and Gray as a stash, I think the rest of these receiving weapons are irrelevant. Moore was horrible and then went on IR. Tony was horrible. They're all horrible. They're going to have Rashi Rice, two other wide receivers, and then hopefully Kelsey and Gray as their tight ends. That's going to be their weapons next year. It's not going to include any of these other guys. As for the Patriots, Bailey Zappi sucks. We see why he sucks. Ezekiel Elliott kind of faded, even though he had 87% of snaps. He didn't do anything with it. But then the receiving weapons, there's a clear top three. Hunter Henry had nine targets, seven catches, 66 yards, and touchdown. I think he'll be around next year. Kind of player you hang on to. You can have a spot start here and there. It has some value. Uh, no trade value, so you just kind of hang on to him. Demario Douglas, three for 33 on five targets, just 72% of snaps. He's okay. Devontae Parker, five for uh, 44 on five targets, 91% of snaps. But they're going to have more weapons here. They're going to fix this. Juju Smith-Schuster didn't even play this game. The whole offense is kind of broken. I think Hunter Henry is obviously going to be back. He's going to be their starting tight end. Demario Douglas is going to be a receiver. Devontae Parker, we'll see. But I think they're going to bring in multiple wide receivers. I'm not super excited about anyone on this team moving forward. And we'll see. Drake May, as of now, would be their quarterback next year. Falcons versus Panthers. <sighs> Nothing to talk about with the Falcons. I talked about it on five takeaways. The whole thing sucks. And Taylor Heineke's starting this week. So I think we covered the Falcons enough. <laughs> As for the Panthers, Bryce Young was okay, I guess. <laughs> 18 for 24 for 167 yards and 4 for 9 on the ground. I still think he's a buy-in dynasty because he showed competence 
the lack of weapons, lack of offensive line, the lack of really anything good around him is kind of sucks. Lack of a good coaching staff for most of the year. But I haven't given up on Bryce Young. As for the backfield, Chuba Hubbard is the workhorse. 22 carries for 87 yards and two catches for 16, 73% of snaps. I have him higher than ECR next week. He's a top 50, you know, top 20 play for me. And then I love to see that Emir Smith-Marset was ahead of Miles Sanders in the backfield. I, I just love that. And the receivers are a waste of time. Adam Thielen and Jonathan Mingo played 95 and 91% of snaps. They totaled eight catches for uh, 75 yards between the two of them. So they uh, are the only ones who have any value, but they're not very useful. They need to bring in a one uh, and then they'll probably have Mingo as there too, and Thielen as kind of an old veteran to, you know, man the other position there. I do appreciate everyone for sticking with me throughout this very long video. And for all those leaving comments in the premiere chat, I also appreciate that. Um, with that said, let's get into the next game. Commanders versus Rams. Talked about Sam Howell being done on the five takeaways, so I suggest you go check that out. Um, Jacoby Brissett was better uh, when he came in. He unlocked Terry McLaurin. The main other takeaway was that Antonio Gibson still couldn't do anything. He had four carries for 15 yards and five receptions for 20 yards, 45% snap share. Chris Rodriguez had 10 carries, 35 yards. He's not it either. Jonathan Williams had 22% of snaps for no reason. So they're going to get some new running backs in here to complement Brian Robinson next year. As for the Rams... Rams offense went off. Matthew Stafford, 25 for 33 for 258 and two touchdowns. He's going to be the Rams 2024 starter unless he wants to retire, which I don't think he does. Kyron Williams was not punished for his two fumbles. I love that. Love the coach having faith in him. 27 carries for 152 yards and touchdown. Five catches for three yards, 77% snapshot. Royce Freeman didn't do anything. Receivers had a big day. Cup, eight catches, 111 yards, and touchdown, eight targets. He still looks good. Pukunakua, five for 50 on eight targets. Um, slowed down a little bit, but he's still a high-end dynasty asset. And uh, Davis Allen still had 35% of snaps, even though Tyler Higgy was back. He's a nice stash, uh, just to keep in mind, on the lower end that I talked about in my last stash video. 49ers versus Cardinals. Brock Purdy, uh, 16 for 25 for 242 and four touchdowns. I don't know. I mean, should he be a dynasty quarterback one? Probably. Uh, but he's a high-end quarterback asset, the last high-end super flex quarterback asset. Just a question of where you rank him versus guys like Dak Prescott. As for Christian McCaffrey, we know he's a league winner. But since Christian McCaffrey was so good, the receivers were just okay. Debo Samuel scored both touchdowns, but that left nothing for Brendan Ayuk, three for 37 on five targets. He's fading away. George Kittle, even more so, two for 54 on four targets. I think, really, when everyone's healthy, it used to be that Brandon Ayuk was the one you can always trust. Now it seems like over the last few weeks, it switched to Debo Samuel. And then Ayuk and Kittle are more up and down. The real problem is that Christian McCaffrey is so dominant that when he is this good, he can't also have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle all be good on the same weeks. And... When one of them catches two touchdowns, sometimes there's nothing left for the other two, as what happened here. So, yeah, I love the talent of all these guys, but in Dynasty, it's a little concerning. I've, I've never had any George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk has always been my target. But I don't know. Would Brandon Ayuk be better on a different team? Maybe. 
Maybe. He's the one, I think, who's not dependent on this scheme at all. I think Brandon Ayuk is a great wide receiver. Might do better elsewhere. As for the Cardinals, Trey McBride had 10 catches for 102 yards on 11 targets. The question really is, is he the dynasty tight end one or, or not tight end two or tight end three? I still have him at three behind Dalton Kincaid, but if you had him at two, I wouldn't mind. Uh, it's it's Those are the top three. And then, uh, yeah, all the wide receivers did absolutely nothing. <laughs> but I think Michael Wilson, who had 88% of snaps, is going to have better days ahead. He's not going to have this many goose eggs. Uh, so he's the one I like. Marquise Brown, I'm, I'm scared. Another injury, didn't do anything. I think he's going to be on a different team next year. Um, but yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. will look really good on this roster because that's what's currently scheduled to happen. Next game. Cowboys versus Bills. Dak Prescott didn't show up. Uh, 21 of 34 for 134 yards. Terrible. Tony Pollard was fine. Dominated the work, but didn't really do much for fantasy. 11 carries, 52 yards, two catches for five yards. Uh, CeeDee Lamb vultured a rushing touchdown and had seven catches for 53 yards. He was the only real success in the Cowboys receiving room. Although Jake Ferguson, six catches for 44 yards is good for a tight end. Rest of the team did nothing. As for the Bills offense... I kind of talked about it on five takeaways, but James Cook was a workhorse and the rest of the offense did nothing. I'm a little concerned that Stefan Diggs is going to be out of town next year. Gabe Davis is a free agent. He might be gone. I don't know. The whole offense might look a little bit different next year, but James Cook and Dalton Kincaid are their future. And we'll see what else they put around Josh Allen, who somehow had 94 passing yards in a game they dominated. Very, very, very strange. Ravens versus Jaguars. Lamar Jackson, he won the game, but he was just okay for fantasy. 14 of 24 for 171, a touchdown and a pick, but 12 for 97 rushing gave him a little bit of a floor. Backfield, I talked about on five takeaways. It just sucks the end earlier in the show. It sucks that Keaton Mitchell got hurt. Um, it's just not the same without him. And then as for the receivers, Isaiah Likely is stepping up. Five for 70 and one on six targets. I got to tell you, it is a little scary that it looks no different with Isaiah Likely than it did with Mark Andrews. No difference. That is a little scary for Mark Andrews' future dynasty value. And Zay Flowers completely vanished from this game plan. One catch for seven yards and two targets. 84% snaps. He was running wind sprints. I don't know what was going on. He was in motion all the time. Never was used. They got to fix that. They got to fix that because they're not going to be able to win every game without getting Zay Flowers involved. So that would be my suggestion. And Rashad Bateman, six targets, three catches for 39 yards. He might be having a little audition for a new team because he's surplus to requirements. They don't need him here. And they're not going to pick up his fifth-year option, so they might as well trade him. But I think he's someone who's actually not a bad player and could have a better life. Uh, successful in the NFL elsewhere. As for the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, he looked healthy from the ankle injury, suffered the concussion, but it's not the same without Christian Kirk. He was just okay. 25 of 50 of 43 for 264 yards, touchdown, 441 on the ground. Travis Etienne, slowing down, 10 carries for 31 yards and four catches for 28 yards, but he still had 69% of snaps. Tank Bigsby had one carry for negative two yards. What a joke. So ETN will still be the high-end running back, but I'm a little worried. He's heading into year four, which means contract time. Don't think he's worth $14 million a year. I really don't. I think they're better off without him. 
at that price. Are we going to have another one of these problems? I don't think he's going to win like Jonathan Taylor did. I think they're going to play hardball, especially knowing that they have a Lawrence contract that they have to account for. So here we go. I'm a little worried about Travis Etienne in Dynasty. He's still in that high-end value range, but he's at the bottom of it for me. And he's been rated as like a first-round startup pick in 1QB leagues at times this year. I've never been there. So I've been totally out on Travis Etienne and at his price. As for the receiving weapons, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I'm excited to see what Parker Washington can do with more snaps. I talked about it on a stash video, but Jamal Agnew's one long play and 70 receiving yards and touchdown crushed the value of everyone else. Calvin Ridley's got to do better than five catches for 39 yards on 12 targets. This is not good enough. So he's someone who's kind of all in all been a bust this year, especially if you told me that Christian Kirk would miss a lot of time. Calvin Ridley has not been the league winner that I think people hoped. Last game, Eagles versus Seahawks. Jalen Hurts, weird. He's putrid as a passer. 17 of 31 for 143 yards and two interceptions. Terrible. But as a runner, he was good. 13 carries, 82 yards, and two touchdowns. Saved his fantasy day. I'm not too worried about Jalen Hurts long-term. DeAndre Swift reclaimed the backfield. 18 for 74 on the ground. Two for one through the air. 59% snap share. To 41 for Kenneth Gainwell. Unfortunately, none of the receiving weapons did much. It, it kind of feels like they should be getting more. I mean, A.J. Brown, five for 56 on eight targets. Devonta Smith, five for 50 on five targets. Dallas Goddard, four for 30 on nine targets. They were all just okay. A little concerning, but... It just goes to show you that in this offense, all three of them can't be good at the same time. And you have games like this where you have high expectations and they don't deliver. So it is what it is. I'm not worried about A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith in Dynasty. Dallas Goddard, I've never been in on because it's clear he's third in the pecking order on a non-high pass volume team. So, yeah. As for the Seahawks, Drew Locke won the game. 22 of 33 for 208 yards and touchdown, but I think Geno Smith is back next week. I still think Geno Smith is a better quarterback, so I expect Geno Smith to be the starter, but maybe Drew Locke earned himself some money uh, as a backup elsewhere. As for the backfield, Kenneth Walker uh, reclaimed the backfield, and he looks way ahead of Zach Charbonnet. Kenneth Walker, 19 carries, 86 yards in the touchdown, and three catches for 26 yards, 56% snap share. Zach Charbonnet, just four carries for 16 yards, no receptions, 44% snap share. I am so pissed at Pete Carroll because I think that Zach Charbonnet is a good player. But Kenneth Walker is a better player. Kenneth Walker is a better running back. I think Zach Charbonnet could have been a starter elsewhere. We're not going to get to see it. I do not think that Zach Charbonnet is going to pass Kenneth Walker. That is not going to happen. If Kenneth Walker gets hurt, Zach Charbonnet might play ahead of him. But as long as Kenneth Walker is healthy, he will be the starter. He is going to be the starter. It is not going to change. So you have to keep that in mind. Zach Charbonnet is someone you got to value him relatively highly, even though you know you're never going to be able to play him. What, I don't know, it's just the dynasty situation that I cannot stand. So it is what it is. But it sucks. If he had gone to another team, he would have been the starter on like 10 other teams this year, pretty easily. And speaking of guys that they're wasting, JSN. Four for 48 and one, including that amazing touchdown, game-winning touchdown, but only four targets, 69% snaps. It's not good enough. Tyler Lockett looks washed. Three for 21 on eight targets. Washed. 75% of snaps. This has got to change. I, I, JSN needs to be playing 90% of snaps. He is a better player than Tyler Lockett today. I still think DK Metcalf is excellent. He looked really good. Two great catches on that at, near the end of the game. There's nothing wrong with DK Metcalf. I still think he's a better player than JSN right now. 
But JSN is their second best receiving weapon. He needs to be playing 90% of snaps. Tyler Lockett is washed, 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 washed. He has not looked good over the last 10 games, really for most of this year. They need to fix it and fix it immediately. Otherwise, they will not make the playoffs. They need to fix it. And then the last thing, Noah Fant, I do think in the games where Drew Locke has played, he's gotten involved. In Dynasty, I hope you haven't forgotten about him because on a new team, I actually think he could do okay. Uh, so if he's somehow on waivers in your league, even after my Dynasty Sash video, I would add him. But the main takeaway from the Seattle receiving core is that I want to see more JSN. So as for uh, this long video, I appreciate everyone who's stuck with me through all of it. Uh, if you like the video, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. And of course, hit the notifications bell so you can be notified about all of my future content. If you've been here in the premiere chat, I appreciate everyone who's left questions, had discussion, and all of that. And I really uh, enjoyed this format. Maybe I'll bring this back on weeks where I have no co-hosts. Of course, make sure to check out my solo content, all the Dynasty videos. They're all doing great on the channel, so I appreciate everyone's support for that. And of course, the Patreon at patreon.com slash fantasyadvice. You can find it in the top right corner and in the description of the show. But until next time, I want to say that I appreciate everyone for watching, and I will see you all later. Peace out.